Hello and welcome to Phoning It In, the improvised phone-in show where the callers have literally no idea what they're calling in to talk about. My name is Dave Coffey. People who refuse to use dating apps because they want to meet someone the old-fashioned way. Well, what else do you want to do the old-fashioned way? Medicine? Huh? Bring back capital punishment? Are you going to start sending telegrams instead of text messages? You will die alone. Alone. The usual phone lines are open, so get calling. We're going to kick things off this week with our question of the week. The question this week, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Fionn, you went to work with no trousers on. Yeah, it was a Tuesday morning and uh, I, you know, I just didn't feel like it. Oh, it was deliberate then? Oh yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, I kind of initially decided, okay, Fiona, it's going to be a no pants day. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to think about yourself, Dave. Uh, I'm all about mental health and kind of uh, positivity, so I just decided to treat myself. I've been working hard, Dave. But then how did it end up being the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Um, well, it was the most embarrassing thing that I've ever done when I realised it was actually International No Pants Day and everybody else was wearing no pants. So I thought I was being unique, but actually I was just following the crowd. And Dave, that's not me. Right. Fionn, when you think of Fionn, you think out there. Yeah. You know, crazy, crazy man. And so were you annoyed like when you saw people on the train and they're like, oh, yeah, he's just wearing no trousers, just Mortified. like all the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, my goal of the day was to kind of shake things up mm. and I just failed. And did you try and pull it back in any way? Did you do something else like take your top off or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I did that. Uh, I jumped up onto the counter uh, in Super Value and I got that little microphone, you know, when they say, you know, uh, Judy, come to aisle two. I just started screaming into it like, ah. Ah, I just start, you know, going crazy and just trying to get the attention back on me, you know, yeah. and just trying to turn it back and think, yeah, Fionn's the man. Yeah. Get my name back. And and did it work? Uh, I got fired, Dave. Oh, sorry, uh, this is where you worked? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. No, yeah. Super Valley, yeah. I'm actually banned from the shop. Uh, right. But I'm fine with that. I never liked uh, their meal deal anyway. The, what's the meal deal? The... Uh, two sandwiches for a tenner. Okay. Uh, you you got that as a staff member or I just the general public. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, what like what do you do now to kind of stand out on a, on a given day? Like, what's a real another fun move? Yeah, another fun move is just uh, I run for buses, and uh, once the bus stops, I say, "Nah, man, wrong bus." Now, the bus drivers, they do get real angry at me, you know. They say, ah, Fionn, you bloody Egypt, not you again. But I just love the thrill of it. And to be honest, that's what I'm all about. You're a real thrill seeker, Fionn. Oh, live on the edge. Just maybe just give us one more example of how how you live on the edge. Uh, You know those... uh, Those ketchup uh, dispensers in Eddie Rockets? Mm -hmm. I just... Rob all of them and uh, just throw them at cars. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, you should see the faces of the people. They're like, Fionn, you mad lunatic. And I'm like, I got you again. It does seem like everyone knows you, though, because they're all... No, I am a local treasure okay, in, uh, yeah. in Windy Arbor. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Fionn, thanks so much for calling in. I oh, really no bother. I'll be on next week. Talk to you then. Seamus, you punched a pope. I punched him right in the nose. Which pope are we talking about? 
John Paul. And how did you end up punching John Paul II? It was in Phoenix Park. Yeah. And um, it was a it had been a long hot day, and uh, the, the 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 people in the crowd had gotten quite rowdy at that stage. I riled them up. Now, in fairness, um, how, how did you rile them? Doing up? tricks. Okay. Uh, like I'm good at doing wheelies on my bike. Okay. Yeah. And um, I brought along a couple of small mini bikes to do tricks on them. Uh, just to keep the kids entertained. Yeah. But of course, I, I got a huge crowd around me. Uh, and John Paul's security came over and they said, you're taking the attention off the main event here. Could you stop doing your wheelies? This was in the middle of mass, was it? This was <laughs> right in, in the middle of the Our Father. I said, well, look, the attention of the crowd, you cannot argue with it. They're just looking where they want to look. And anyway, I got, they said, well, we, we were going to have to call the big man. And I said, do. Oh, you're not a big man. Uh, and, and, and they went off, interrupted GP. They said, get off that alternate GP just for a minute. I'm sorry now to interrupt you. But there's a man over here doing wheelies. So GP marched over in his big cape. He came right up to me and he stuck his wheel in the spoke. Well, I dismounted that rally. And I went over and punched him square in the nose. You punched him square in the nose? And, like, were you embarrassed as soon as you'd done it, or...? Well, I was broadcast, broadcast live across the whole, you know, the big screens of the Phoenix Park, but not only that, on television. Right. Yeah, and, um... Who saw you? Well, oh, my granny. Oh, your granny was watching Uh, you. She was terribly she big, ashamed and um big pan, big fan of the Pope, was she? She she's a big big fan of the Pope and had been previously a big fan of me, but uh, that ended and um she shamed me. How did she shame you? She made a load of she sponsored a load of billboards uh around the local town just saying don't 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 accept Seamus as a human. Right. And did people take that on board like the day they did indeed she's a very powerful woman now in my local town and um, they didn't they, they, they didn't accept me as a human being after that and how did that manifest itself like how did they reject you well some of them would just say sorry Seamus I, I don't know what you're saying you sound like you're speaking some sort of alien language when I'd be speaking and then so, you know if I was going into the shop and I'd put my butts down on the counter uh, the local shopkeeper would just sweep them off as if and, and then put them back on the shelves as if I wasn't no human being I was like an, I need my breakfast Bob and then he'd say sir I can't hear what you're saying are you speaking in some sort of alien language Seamus that kind of thing how long did that go on for Seamus oh it's still going on oh it's still going on I have to grow all my own food now right you've become completely self-sufficient self-sufficient wow I've got a windmill now out the back and everything well, I suppose at least, you know, some good came of it then, you know. I don't believe in it. Don't believe in... This kind of self-sustaining oh. um, activity. I've had to write a blog. <laughs> You've had to write a blog about th- just the benefits so much, of... There's so much demand for for people to know um, how to do things that I'm doing yeah. that I've had to document it in a blog. Yeah. And sure, you probably can't get a job in your local town because you're basically nope. a non-person. So you right. gotta you gotta earn a living. That's it. Yeah. Well, listen. Thanks for your call, right. Sarah. You keep having embarrassing flashbacks to 
past lives. Is that right? Yeah, I really wish they'd stop as well. You know, I'd be in the kitchen in the middle making a, a cup of tea or something and i just get a flashback. What kinds of things? Like, um, I was like um, uh, a chimney boy in Dickensian London, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, it's fictional flashbacks. They're not real people. Right. So he's a chimney boy in a Dickens novel, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. But he's like one of the side characters you don't really see about very much. Yeah. It's just like a sentence where they're like, and then the chimney boy ran out of the room, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get flashback to his life, and uh, there was one time he got stuck up the chimney. Right. And he was butt naked. Oh, my God. It was a joke from the other chimney boy lads. Oh, they played a trick on him. Yeah, it was like an initiation thing or something. Yes, yeah. But this is, but it's interrupting my day. Yeah, yeah. I and it's, is this something that actually happened in an actual book, or are you imagining what happened no, to an ancillary character in a book? It did. They didn't write this in the book. Yeah. It's a character from the book, yes, though. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he has a life outside the book. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But you're imagining. I'm not imagining. I'm well, having flashbacks. Yes, but they're not real is what I'm saying. But they're real for me. I know what you mean. Yeah, no, it's I get really you. It's a serious problem. Is, can you give me I another? I the embarrassment oh. as he wiggled his naked legs from the chimney. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very sad, actually, um, to think of that naked little boy up the oh. chimney. Okay, thanks very much, Sarah. Thank you. Um, we're talking about the most embarrassing thing you've ever done. Julia, you appeared in a feature film. Hi. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, wasn't my best work, though. I was mortified. I was wearing a top uh, that um, turned out was cold in the film, so it was on a boat, and my nipples poked through. Right, so. and no one, no one told you or warned you? Or? Oh, no. Um... You know, so I was actually in a scene with uh, David Attenborough. Right. And uh, uh, he he was quite a gentleman, but I could see he was kind of nervous. He was embarrassed. Uh, I think he wanted to say, he kept on opening his mouth to go to say, uh, and then he would, you know, um, whisper in my ear, hello, and that was it. Right, yeah. yeah. He obviously, I feel sorry for him because he obviously wanted it and he was embarrassed. Yeah, he was didn't know how to say it. It was a nature film, but, it, you know, they, they decided to turn the camera around on onto him. So it was really all about him being in nature uh, with... Uh, the whole thing was fiction. Before you before you think it was in any way true to life, the whole thing was fiction. I was playing his uh, dumb wife, his mute wife, I should say. I was very intelligent. They were trying to give me the Oscar, actually. Oh, you right. know, they thought that if I wasn't saying anything, and uh, it would be a, a role where perhaps, you, yeah, you could. Just but no, uh, really, I was only known for the whole nipple thing. Unfortunately, mm, that's so unfortunate. I mean, otherwise, you could have been a you could have been a contender for the Oscar. Well, you know, you're being kind. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm you're just, I'm just going from what you said. To be yeah. honest. Uh, well, listen, Julia, thanks so much for, for phoning in. Okay. Remember, if you would like to hear your complaint feature in a future episode, tell us what's wrecking your head at phoningitinshow at gmail.com or you can unburden yourself on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at phoningitinshow. My guest in studio today goes by the name Jake X. He is a reality factualist, not a conspiracy theorist. He wanted me to stress that and the editor of the email fact zine, This Is Really Happening. Jake X, welcome to the show. How's it going, yeah? Good, look, I, yeah, you know yourself, yeah. I like that term, reality factualist. Did you well, come I, up with that? 
absolutely. You know, I mean, there are two words that exist already. Mm-hmm. I didn't come up with them, you know. Sure. But um, although factualist is not a word I've heard before. Well, that's a, a couple of words that exist that I've brought together. Yes, yeah, yeah. Fact being one of them, and chewalist uh, being another one. Yeah. What's going on with the seagulls? Oh, right. Okay. Did you ever see a seagull up close? Uh, yeah, pretty close, like on the street, kind of. And are you always shocked by how big they are? Yeah, yeah, I actually am, yeah. Well... I've been taking measurements since mm. I was a boy of seagulls and I can tell you that you're not going mad. They are getting bigger. And um, I've put it down to hormones that they're, they're taking on purpose. Oh, okay. Like supplements. Supplements. Right. Do you ever think about how the word pharmacy sounds like farm? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Animals actually started the drug trade uh, by necessity. Right. And what's what's the end game here for the seagulls, do you think? I think that they're going to grow bigger than uh, boars. Than boars. Wild boars. Wild or domestic. Okay, yeah. And then, should we be afraid of that? Would you be afraid of a boar-sized seagull? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What because can we do? at that stage, their beaks are going to be so powerful yeah. that an alligator would be scared. Right. Um, that is very scary. Um, what should we do, Jake? What can we do? Well, my my suggestion is that we trap them by their feet mm-hmm. on um, industrial glue traps. Okay. Um, now, we're going to, by doing that, we will end up uh, trapping a lot of other things. Yeah, um, but that's probably a, a price I'm willing to pay, and possibly a boon. A boon? How? Well, you know, when you when you have these um, sort of byproducts of a system, in this case, the the other things that are, that will trap in these industrial glue traps, we don't know what they're going to be, and they'll possibly be useful for us and our machinery. I see what you mean, yeah. You, uh, um, human machinery. Yeah. When I say that, I mean any sort of system or, or product. I don't actually mean like uh, a machine. industrial yes. machinery yes, in a yeah. factory per se. Yeah. It's also against them, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's <clears throat> that's my motto. Uh, it's also against them. Yeah, because, you know, in this particular uh, narrative structure that I've wo- woven for you here, uh, it's us against the seagulls. But, you know, in most of my um, reality factuals, that's what I call one fact is a factual. Yeah. Um, in most of those, there'll be some, some um, party that's us and yeah. some party that's them. An antagonist. An antagonist. Yeah. Us, it's it's uh, us versus them. Or, or for short. Of yeah. 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 <laughs> Grace is on the line. Grace, you believe an evil force is manipulating life in Dorky, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And it's been going on for so many years now that I'm surprised I'm the only one that notices, like. 
Right. How how did you notice? How did you first notice? Well, I noticed when I was at the local post office and uh, suddenly all the letters that were yet to be posted uh, started flying out. Right. Flying out like uh, boomerangs. Yeah. But the boomerangs, you know, the type of ones that don't come back. Yes. So they were actually going out into the sky. Like a frisbee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a frisbee. That's the one, yeah. yeah. And how wha- how else is this force manipulating life in Dorky? Uh, the the men that usually uh, go play chess yep. in the local park, uh, none of their games uh, seem to be going well. Right, you know? so they're just having really long games of chess oh, where I, no one's even... Ages, yeah, yeah. 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 The, their wives have to actually come and feed them while they're playing because the game just doesn't end. You right. know, it's kind of like Monopoly, like it just keeps on going, going and going and going. And yeah, going. Yeah. Um, Nobody wants that. What else is happening? What else have you seen? Uh, I have seen uh, the the cows. The cows have actually uh, started uh, moving into people's houses and making themselves at home, like the kind of students that come from Spain. Well, that's interesting. Uh, on the uh, in the studio with me, I have Jake X, who uh, is a reality factualist. Oh, is he your man who writes all the brochures? The brochures, yeah, yeah. This is really happening. Um, Jakey, we talked earlier about seagulls. It's them versus us. Are cows involved? I would always associate cows with happiness. Yeah, and they're docile. And now yeah. they're laughing just, cow. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. You, go, uh, yeah. you know, ha ha ha. Um, oh, yeah. So what I would say is the evil force thing. Th- that's the only part of your story that you're wrong. Because yeah. there is a rational factual behind each one. Okay. So for example... The the the, la- the letters, the letters uh, flying yeah. out of the post office. Yeah, the post office. Yeah. Um, do you know drones? Yeah, no, I'm familiar with drones. Yeah, so they, we actually now have mini drone stamps. They don't want you to know about them, but they're they're self delivering letters, you know. So right. that's what's wow. going in there. You post it in, and it'll deliver itself. And so um, the yeah. po- the post office don't want you to know about it because no. obviously it makes a lot of their staff redundant. They don't want their own staff to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's more efficient. Okay, that's the first one. That's number one. So it's actually helping us. Well, it's helping us if we're not interested in becoming a postman, if you know what I mean. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, Because that won't be a job. Um, No, number two. What was that again? Uh, The the chess games. They just keep going on. Uh, uh, Smartphones um, are slowing us down. And chess is a game which needs us to speed up, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're actually getting distracted by their they're smartphones getting distracted. and they're not making moves. And actually okay. a lot of, um, particularly older men, um, have um, th- these gadgets that allow them to use their smartphone controlled within their pocket. So you won't see them touching their smartphone, okay. but they'll actually be moving their hips Ever so slightly. They uh, have been doing that and we thought yeah. it was uh, knits. Knits had no. actually gotten to their hairs all around their body Bodies. and they were just kind of itching along the benches, uh, you know, itching their bums and stuff. Yeah. But that makes actually a lot of sense now that I think of it. I actually see one now and he's doing it. He's probably, you know what he's probably doing, which is a common thing, is he's playing Scrabble or, or chess on Facebook okay, right. so at the same time yes, and that gets very confusing um, yeah playing two games of chess at the same time is very, very they tricky. just do love their games and they you know. love being fed I'd say and what about the cows then Jake the cows very very possibly are trying to learn English like the Spanish students and um, that's what uh, you know the seagulls have started having little skills up above the clouds 
to to learn our language um, via um, vibrations and reflections and refractions and deflections. Okay. And would the cows have their own little schools that they're not telling us about it? Because I can see how the seagulls would keep that hidden from the yeah. public. But if the cows are very much big and they have, you know, their four legs on the ground, where would their schools be? It's not where, but when. Oh. I mean, nocturnal animals have um, a lot of secrecy. As we all know, the owl is a very secretive and mysterious creature because what they do cannot be seen and will not be known. Similarly, now cows have changed their body clocks in order to be allowed to do private things beyond the scope of us mere humans. And they will be learning languages and using small... um, small educational tools yeah. and tricks. Oh, right. right, well, like that's really cleared things up. Grace? It has, yeah. it has. I'm imagining like a kind of dead poet society, but for cows. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh. You're right on. Yeah. You're right on, My Grace. mind is as clear as Ballygowan. Brilliant. Grace, thanks for your Still, call. Still, I hope. Jay Gex, you're a legend. Uh, Tom is on the line. Tom, you have a fresh take on Nadine Coyle's missing passport. So people will remember back uh, during the pop stars TV show, Nadine Coyle was very close to getting into the band and then her passport mysteriously disappeared. I am Nadine Coyle's brother. Uh, I grew up obviously in uh, in London. She grew up in Ireland. I actually hid it for her. I hid it. So I took it. It was me all along. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you do that, Tom? Well, I just wanted to help her out, you know. Are you and Nadine in contact conversationally now? I mean, she's my sister, so absolutely yes. Well, sometimes that doesn't matter. You know, we're very close. We um, we meet uh, quite once a month. Not true. Well, not every month we meet. It's not religiously, but we do often meet in the month. uh, Is that? Would you describe that as like a close? relationship with the sibling we don't live in the same country do we so. oh she still lives in ireland does she no no she lives in england uh well they, you live in ireland yeah I've yes moved to ireland, okay yeah 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 swap swap places why don't you say sorry to nadine well um i mean i've did her a favor you know i don't think i have anything to apologize really for nadine i'm more apologizing to the nation it was a little bit embarrassing for her, though, mm. wasn't it? Very, 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 very embarrassing. I used to laugh at a picture I had of her in my wallet. Wait, are you saying... I just used to carry it for my commutes because I knew I'd be bored. At this time, there weren't any podcasts or anything like that. Um, and I used, to just <laughs> I used to just pull out a picture of Nadine Kyle and have a good laugh. Keep me going for the whole 40-minute journey on the dirt, you know? Have a good laugh and uh, I, am, I go I on my hypotheticals just thinking about other things that she might do since she did this stupid thing. I think you owe her another apology. I think you owe me an apology. This is your fault. And I think you should take that, um, I should think you should take that picture right out of your, your wallet right now. I'm not now. taking it out of my and wallet. rip it up. It's, I want to hear you rip I, it up. Please that picture it is it brilliant. It's just a normal picture of it. The There's nothing special about the picture. Uh, if I don't have the picture, I'll just close my eyes and imagine her. You're hurting my entire family and I think you owe yourself to write an apology letter. Now, you should take your own advice. Fact yourself. Fact myself. Right, yeah, you fact yourself. You fact yourself. 
You fucked, fucked off. yourself. Fucked, you fucked off. off. Right? Okay, guys, we're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid. I, I don't care for this kind of language. We're going to move on to our, our final caller, um, Eileen. Eileen, you think you're being followed. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody's following me, yeah. Right, right now? Yeah, yeah, they're there right now. And where yeah. are you? I'm uh, just on the street. I'm just okay. on the street in uh, Dublin City Centre on Dame Street. Yeah, I can see him. Oh, you can see him? He's behind me now, yeah. What does he look like? Well, he's always wearing dungarees. So he, he, he's followed you before? Yeah, well, I've seen a man in dungarees walking behind me before. Before, yeah. yeah. Is it the same man, it's though? It's always on Dame Street. Does the man look the same every time you see him? Yeah. Or is it just that there's a man Sometimes wearing dungarees? Sometimes his height changes. Sometimes his hair colour changes. So it's a different man. Sometimes his skin colour changes. So it's a different man. But he's always wearing dungarees. So it's different men wearing well, dungarees. Okay. Yeah, maybe there's a group of men following me, but they all wear dungarees. They all wear dungarees. And they're always carrying a pot of paint. Jake, um, have you ever heard of anything like this before? Men in dungarees carrying pots of paint. Hi, well, Jake. Can, uh, hello. Big as fan. you can see, I'm a fan. You know, I'm wearing some right now. Um, I find them very convenient um, Sorry, that's true. I hadn't. I hadn't actually realised that that's a. So I'm wearing a, a jumper, but yeah, if yeah. I take a <coughs> yeah. off me, yes, jump yeah, I see that. Now, uh, you yeah. can see underneath. I'm wearing a fine pair fine of denims. Dun- yeah, they're uh, lovely. Denim dungarees. Uh, that makes me a bit uncomfortable. The fact that you're wearing dungarees. Do you think that Jake might be related to these men? Well, the only connection I can make between all of them is that they all wear dungarees. So I don't Jake, know are you connected to these men? You have got a pot of paint there with the IC as well, which yeah. I did think was strange when you came in. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of many um, talents, you know. Uh, obviously, this is a, a, a two-litre can of uh, watercolour. Um, and I, I'm planning on going down to the docks an, later on. Are you an artist, Jake? Uh, absolutely not. Um I'm an explorer and an innovator, and um, with the watercolours, I'm doing some experiments. Um, I'm doing uh, temporary graffiti uh, with messages and seeing what happens. Um, down at the docks. Uh, that all, that uh, all checks out then. Um, do you have any insight into, into these men in the denim dungarees? With oh, paint? they're denim dungarees, did you say? Yeah, de- I saw that was implied. Can you get other kinds of dungarees? Well, I have a few pairs of canvas ones. Um, you know, if you go to... Uh, I was recently in Budapest. And um, in Budapest, most w- like working kind of tradesmen will wear dungarees. Yeah. Um, it's a normal thing. I have nothing against tradesmen. It sounds like you do have something it's against just, tradesmen. No, so sorry, you're that. saying, Jake, that... Uh, that's normal in Budapest, but but she's here in Dublin. Well, they're Hungarian uh, tradespeople, obviously, who you know? are, are living and working in Dublin. That's interesting. You said I actually interrupted some kind of meeting with some Hungarian tradesmen about six years ago. You I just walked in. It? Yeah, they were making a sacrifice. Um, it was inside a booth at night. Right. I went in because I thought it was open. Somebody left the door open. Yeah. Do well, you mean like a blood sacrifice? No, they or? were just getting all the really expensive perfumes from the top shelf. You know, behind the glass covers, you have to like get a woman to come and open them. Mm. They're like, just pouring them on top of one guy. And oh. they like, threw a match and set them fire. And that was when I came in. And right. I think maybe right. I upset them. Well, look, if there is a secret society of Hung- Hungarian tradesmen who break into booths at night want? and sacrifice fellow members... And you walked in on that, Eileen. Yeah. Then you can what? see why they might start keeping tabs what on you. What do they want from me, Jake? Look, I've got a. F- I, I'm working on a big industrial glue trap, right? Um, and I'll be happy to furnish you with 
uh, one if yeah. you'll fill out some surveys after using it. Oh, you'll be there the whole time. I'll be across the road with a small mini pair of theatrical binoculars, you know, the little ones. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, for the that's opera. exactly the right amount. For the opera, that's, yeah. that, that'll be about the right amount of distance. Um, distance. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. It's only because I'm a fan of your work, Jake. I've read all your pamphlets. Thank um, you. I, I know, appreciate that. I know your 10 codes of factuality. Good. I read it out to myself every morning when Let's I get up. Let's just quickly go through those 10 codes of factuality yeah. real quick. Real. Maybe together yeah. you take take one each or so, sure. Real, real, real. Yeah. Uh only, only the truth, truth only the best, best truth. truth. Uh if you've heard it before, you're remember gonna it. Remember and you're gonna remember it. It's true. It's true. Uh and when I am looking in the mirror, I I see the, the truth. truth. That's me. Me. Trust yourself. Trust me, that's <laughs> true. And there's a, the, what you call, an asterisk, an asterisk on that one, on that with, one a with a something <laughs> that just says pamphlets, pamphlets, pamphlets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the next one is about meat. Yeah. Right. Uh, beans, beans and tofu, tofu aren't, aren't not meat. meat. They're Bake. <laughs> well, guys, I'm afraid we are out of time. I want to thank all of my callers today, but I especially want to thank Laura O'Leary, Kelly Shatter, Pearl O'Work, and Ruth Hunter. Thank you so much, guys. Do you have anything you want to plug? We'll go around the room. Laura, do you have anything to plug? I have nothing to plug at the moment, but I'm very much looking forward to getting more into the comedy improv scene. And I love this podcast because it's so much fun. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter, L-O'Leary underscore. Kelly? I'm going to pro. Prog. <laughs> I'm going to plug Stoke Improv if you would like to learn comedy and learn take some improv classes. You can find me at stokeimprov.com. That's stokeimprov.com. Pro? Um, I have nothing to plug at the moment. Um, and uh, apparently I'm on Twitter, but I've never tweeted. it. <laughs> so <laughs> never joined and check me out there. But um, I would like to yeah, um, plug this podcast, uh, which is called Phony <laughs> Okay, thank you. We're on it. <laughs> Ruth? Um, I am on Twitter. Um, uh, the Ruth Hurts, at The Ruth Hurts, I think. And I would like for people to tweet me some hangover cures. That would be great. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, if you want to see a live version of Phoning It In, we're going to be performing in the Dublin Podcast Festival on October 14th in a doubleheader with Sexy Beasts. And I believe that's in the Grand Social. Before you go, if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell some friends about it. Uh, we want to keep doing it for as long as possible. And the more listeners we get, the easier that will be. Uh, you can also rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.